Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and anyone else who's listening, my guest today is Chasey Hendren. Chasey is 16 years old and has been battling cancer for the last year, and I'm going to let her tell you, and her dad, Josh, is with us. Josh, Chasey, welcome. Thank you. I'm going to let you describe, because I couldn't understand what you just told me about what kind you have, so what what is it? I have B-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia which is more common than the other types of leukemia and it's more it's easier to treat just takes longer yeah okay and you've had this for, for a year so you've been doing, battling it for a year right yeah how did you how did you find out that you had it what I mean, what were you? Were you sick or what was well, happening? Well, it started you- out with like me not eating, and I had these little red dots on my feet and up to my ankles, and I would have dark bruises everywhere, and we didn't know where they were coming from. So we started off at like my normal doctor, and then went to the emergency room, and they told us that we had to go to primary children's. So we had a long day at a whole bunch of emergency rooms. Or like testing and just to kind of find out what was going on. Did you yeah. think she was getting in like bar fights or something with all the bruises? She, she would wake up and have softball sized bruises down her backside, down her legs, up her back. And it looked like she was like fighting someone in her sleep. Wow. So you were just, what was your, yeah, what was your thoughts? I had, I, mean, I also, I can imagine all sorts of crazy <laughs> things went through your head. Yeah, I'm just like, how was, these bruises appearing because yeah, they were the size of a baseball to softball size. Every morning she would wake up with a new one. And they and weren't, they, 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 they weren't going away or no. how long was that happening before you? So we noticed them for about a week and uh, she was down with, she was staying with me for about a week and we kept noticing it every morning. And then being a teenage girl, I'm like, you're going to girls camp. So I would force her to go to girls camp. She wasn't, she didn't eat anything all week. She would drink water here and there, wouldn't eat. So I just kind of like blew it off as a teenager that was, had the flu maybe. And then what really gave it away is she was laying on my lap one night and there was pinhead black dots everywhere up her legs and so I talked to her mom and her mom came and got her and uh, took her to the emergency room in Ogden and the minute they went in they knew what it was and told her to get to primaries as soon as possible and then I remember that day plain as day I was I went to work I got a phone call and she was diagnosed at 2.53 p.m. officially. And so I rushed up to primaries to get the 
news. I didn't know yet. So so you were you didn't you didn't know at all what it was. They no. didn't tell you over the phone. No, she told me. Her mom had called and said, "You need to come up. We're at primaries." And I asked her what they'd found out, and all she said is, "We'll talk when you get here." And I said, "So is it bad?" And all she would say is, "It's not good." Which means, do the math. If it's not good, yeah, it's bad. Okay. So I got to primaries. I walked into the front desk, and they said, "Who are you here to see?" And I told them, "Chasey." They said, "Okay, go to the elevator that's right there on your right hand side. Go up to the fourth floor, and you'll see a cancer sign." That's how I found out. I think I remember you told me that. Yeah, I broke into tears. <laughs> yeah, that must be my next question. Was like hearing that. What is that? What is that? What were your what were your thoughts going through your head at that time? Death, a death sentence. Yeah. All I could think of is, I'm going to lose one of the most important people in my life. So, so you went up there. You were there, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> you were the reason. Yep. Okay. So then, then what happened or what was next at that point? Well, we were, well, let me back up. Let me back up. He didn't know, but you obviously knew. So what yeah. was your, cause yeah, usually when you hear cancer, you're like, oh, your life's over. Yep. No, I mean, that's just where people go. Yeah. Right. Is that, what were you, what did you, what went through your mind? I honestly thought that the doctors, like, didn't get it right and that they were, like, they, I thought they were just making it up because I couldn't believe that it was happening. And I honestly, after that, just felt so numb and that my head got so clear and I just couldn't think straight. It was just kind of hard to, like, focus on really anything. She was pretty upset when I got there. She was really, really upset. Before or upon seeing him? It was before he got there. Okay. You kind of got your head around the magnitude of what you were dealing with. Yeah. Well, she just kept yelling that they're wrong, that the doctors need to Test do it their, again. Yeah. The yeah. doctors again. need to do their job. They're wrong. Yeah. So. That's good for you. Because mm-hmm. they might be. Yeah. Sometimes. Obviously, in this case, they were right. but Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then what? What was the next phase? Well, they were like, we need to start getting everything done now. So they hooked me up to all these like heart monitors and oxygen. And I think more stuff just to monitor my vitals and everything. And then they started scheduling surgery after surgery to get my ports in and get chemos in and it was just kind of rough because we were now, there for port, 12 a, days. A port, a port for someone who doesn't know what that yeah. is. What is that? It's a little catheter that is connected to an artery that has all my, that it gets blood out of it. So you don't have to get poked in your arm or your hand every time. Also, they just put a, put a pathway in that they can just attach to. Yeah. So this is a, a hard plastic I almost say a, like a kind of a nipple that they can put a needle in a self healing thing over it where yeah. you, they can put a needle in and the, the line goes straight to her heart. 
So I've heard them pick lines. Yeah, that yeah. that's what it is, okay. a pick line. Okay. Yeah. Just so you don't have to keep getting stabbed over and over and destroy your veins. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so then, I mean, were you like right, like immediately rushed into testing and whatever they do or, or, did, or did they say, hey, come back in a week or how did they that They just kept me for 12 oh, days. 12 days yeah. Okay. And then they started giving me, I think before I got my port in the first time they were giving me this one chemo and it was just so rough on me that I just didn't sleep because I was so sick all night and it was just hard for everybody to sit there and let me go through it basically. Is like all chemo have the same result or the same uh, side effect? No, it's actually different from kid to kid because we've actually had friends that had the same type of chemo or type of cancer, yet they're, um, I know the word, sorry. The way they treat it is different from kid to kid. Okay. So one size doesn't fit all yeah okay all right so 12 days and at the end of that what they sent me home and before we left they were like you there is a 99 to 1 chance you're gonna lose your hair and I was pretty upset about it because my hair was like the longest it's been in years and it kind of broke my heart because I was like I'm finally being able to take care of myself and now this happens yeah. Yeah. So is there like a time where you're just like, why me or why or, or I'm assuming that I've never had a major tragedy or major something like that in my life. Yeah. So do you, what are the, some of the stages you go through or, and I don't like say, I don't, I don't know. This is your story, so yeah, <clears throat> and yeah, make it as real as you want to. Honestly, some days are better than others, and I have my bad days where I'll be thinking to myself, like, "Why would this happen to me?" Now I'm just kind of not going to be normal. I'm not going to be able to do things that other kids my age are going to be able to do. And other days, it's like this is kind of a blessing because before I got diagnosed, I was struggling and wasn't doing so well. Struggling how? I was super depressed and I attempted suicide a couple times just to get out of a whole bunch of problems that I thought I could get away with from with by attempting suicide. How, how long or how, how long before the diagnosis did that happen? It happened pretty frequently. Like it happened really, I would say up until the diagnosis. And since then you, what, see, see more value in your life? Not really. I go to psychologists and therapists just to keep me, keep me from doing something that I would regret later. And they put me on prescriptions to help me like, feel like I have a purpose and feel like I am needed. And so without those, you don't feel like you are still to this day? Yeah. And how long, Dad, did you know or when did you know that she was feeling like that? Or So I've known for quite a while and she actually 
so she used to live, she was living with her mom and all this started to kind of go down and she was getting in trouble at school and getting in trouble with boys. And so we had talked about it. She moved down here and she was living down here for a couple months and it seemed like it was getting better. There were still struggles, but she was starting to get more involved with friends and um, kind of come out of it a little bit. And then this happened and it just kind of hit really hard again. So, but she seemed like it, she has had been doing better. Like this kind of opened her eyes to what struggles that she's going through that somebody else isn't. Um, she's kind of leaned more on the church and like kind of focused more on trusting on that. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so what's been the biggest like eye opener through this process? The biggest eye opener I would say is how you can't really do anything without positivity or staying positive because positivity basically fuels all good things in the world. And I wouldn't be able to get through this without positivity. And before I was always so negative, always finding a way to make things negative. And when I got diagnosed, I would always try to find something positive. Like I would go outside and be like, oh, it's a beautiful day, even though it's super hot and I'm still super sensitive to the heat and I still try to find something good about each day. That's good counsel for anyone. Yeah. Because there's so much negativity in the world and from people who aren't dealing with what you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, I have a family member who sometimes he's like Eeyore from Winnie mm-hmm. the Pooh. Just, it's like, dude, really, you've got a good life. But everything is just, ooh, ooh. The weather's bad. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too steep. It's too. It's not steep enough. Whatever. But, um, so, how, how has your obviously your family's rallied around you? And what about like friends from school and church? How has that been? Have they? Tell, I mean, tell me how that's been. Well, I lost. A, I would say I lost all my friends from school except for one. Like my best friend, she's still with me because she we've been together since fourth grade and we've always found a way to get through things together. And then girls from church, I've just kind of like drifted apart from just because it they don't really understand what I'm going through and they don't really know how to approach the topic. Like they don't know how to, it seems like they don't know how to talk to me like without making me feel bad, but but I'm not sure. A lot of times, too, she's sick throughout the week. And Sunday, I call it the teen illness. The teen illness? Yeah. Sick on Sunday. Yes. So, but a lot of times, you know, she is weak from trying to get and do stuff. Like, she, want, she wants to get up and walk. She wants to get out and do stuff. And then Sunday 
comes and a lot of times she's so worn out that she's worn herself out and her immune's terrible. So she usually can't go to church. So a lot of the girls from the ward and everything kind of don't know that she's here. It's hard. So that was one of my next questions was how, because people don't know what to do in a situation. Um, so they, so they, they may avoid because they just don't know what to do. What would you tell people that maybe have a family member or a friend going through something like this? Like, what do you say? How do you approach? What would you want? What, what, how would it be different if you can say, this is how, this is how I want people to treat me oh, yeah. or approach me? What, what would that look like so people can know? I would most likely say that the best thing to do or say with somebody in my situation is to just ask how they're feeling and how has things been just because it's better to talk about what's going on than just to let pretend it's not yeah because it's dumb that's the, the whole elephant in the living room theory yeah yeah it's still there yeah yeah and I, yeah i would want yeah tell people just you tell them this is how i want you to because i it, it, we want to say we feel like we need to say something yeah otherwise we're not caring enough so mm -hmm. people will end up saying maybe they'll say dumb things or things that are insensitive and they don't know it they just don't know what to do so it's yeah it takes a lot of a lot of responsibility on your part actually to, yeah to coach or to teach people because they don't it's new it's new for your friends it's new for your family yeah you know, they don't know what to do mm -hmm. so i mean my wife got in a car crash six weeks ago and she's got like a mild traumatic brain injury and people similar situation they don't know what to do so they just kind of disappear and, and she, she's just they're like, what do you need? And then she's like, this is what I need X, Y, and Z. This is, this is the way, best way you can help me. And then they know because it sucks not knowing. Yeah. You, know, you want to be helpful and it's easy for us to just get busy with our own lives and just move on. And I didn't realize it was a year already. Yeah. And I know I talked to your dad and, but not enough. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, I haven't kept up like I should. It, it, so it's, in the beginning, I <clears throat> I have this phrase called trauma whores. Have you ever heard that before? Mm -mm. I think it might be mine. I just made it up. Where <laughs> when something big happens like this, or if there's an accident, or or a you know, big thing, it's it's the media is following it, or people people gather around because it's cool and it's sexy to be the friend. I'm the friend, or they just want to see. I was the first to know about it. Yeah, the the first. It's a weird, selfish mentality. We we had a uh, one of, a lady I work with, um, Pace, and one of the agents I work with. Uh, last year, her husband was the one who flew his plane into the house. Okay, Pace, and I saw a lot of that around her the first initial week. Everyone's like, "She's my buddy. I'm her friend, and I was there, and me first. And you know, where are those people now? Yeah, and some the probably the true ones are still by her side, helping her work through the crap that's still happening when it's not sexy anymore. Yeah. So that's a, and I don't think people try to do that. They just, they want to feel connected to you and your story. Yeah. You know, is that fair, fair yeah. statement? So, so you're one year into it. Yep. How, how's daily life now? Daily life is kind of hard because just recently we found out I have avascular necrosis. 
Please define that for my six-year-old audience. <laughs> Which is avascular necrosis is basically, in simple terms, death of bone tissue. And I have it in my knees, ankles, and left shoulder. And it's pretty severe. And I most likely will have to get my... I will basically... My whole, it's in my whole leg, so I will basically have to get, like, my legs replaced. Like, knee, like a knee replacement? Or it's all over my leg, so. Like, all the bone? Yeah. So you'll be bionic? Basically. Now, for my seat, that sounds pretty cool, but I'm sure that's, it's not as cool as it sounds. Yeah, yeah it, it kind of sucks because she likes to dance. She's not able to move a lot now. Is it just, is it just painful to... It makes everything super difficult. Like, my knees will give out, and I, like, tend to fall a lot. And I am I used to be really into running. I can't run, jump, or dance, all the fun stuff that I was looking forward to during the treatment. And now I just – it's hard because my if I walk too much, everything will get swollen, and it just hurts to do anything – so that's on top of the cancer. Yeah. That's something totally unrelated. Yeah, it's due well, to the treatment. Oh, yeah. Okay. Side effect. Yeah. So the chemo that they, she was on, they fight the chemo with steroids, which the steroid rotted everything away. Yeah. So it's like, yay, fix one thing, cause yeah. another. Yeah. Yep. This is maybe a weird question, but if you were to pick one of those two now, which one would you pick? I would honestly pick the cancer because I'd still be able to dance and run. But, yeah. If you were to turn back the clock, would you want all of this to have never happened? Or are you, because of how you've grown as a person, are you grateful for, more grateful for that? At this stage I'm more grateful that all of this happened because I feel like I became a better person and I feel like I've been able to help others more than I've ever done before just with like my experiences and my eyes being open and being able to see that some people are struggling with things too every every house has a story yeah. Just because yeah. you can't see it doesn't mean they're not um, struggling. Yeah. No, I, that's my theory. Is every house has a story and nothing is what it seems from the street. When I say house, I mean not just physically a house, but you being the house of your soul and yeah. your dad being the house of his soul. Has Everybody's got their own battles and demons of trying to, trying to live the best life they can and <clears throat> not kill anybody along the way. Yeah. <laughs> So what's the prognosis now from your medical team? It's so, in remission, you said. Yeah. Okay. But we have an end of treatment date, and until then, we are doing treatment once a month, but I have chemo pills every night. But right now, I can't take them because we just got my blood drawn on Monday and found out that my ANCs are super low, which is basically my immune system, so I'm more susceptible to getting sick. And so what do you have, to, how do you 
battle that or how do you protect yourself from life, I guess? Uh, I have to wear masks and use lots of hand sanitizer and wash my hands a hundred times a day. That's the number? Yeah, <laughs> probably more, but... Is that worse than the chemo? Having to wash your hands a hundred times a day? No. <laughs> no, having a team, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Chasey, your dad's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, you like him? Yeah. Did you like him before this? Some days. <laughs> <laughs> that's normal, but I mean, yeah. on the whole, how was your relationship prior to this compared to now? Before this, our relationship was kind of strained because it seemed like every time I would come down to his house, we would fight about something that I did. And we would just be stepping on each other's toes, basically. And you don't step on each other's toes now? Or do you, or do you appreciate it and enjoy the stepping on of the toes? Uh, it's better now because I actually enjoy it because it means he cares. And before you didn't think he did? You thought he was just a naggy parent? Yeah. Truth? Dad? Yeah, that's... I, you were a naggy parent. <laughs> yeah, trying she, to fix everything. She thought I was the meanest person. I was just a hard ass, and I was always riding her about stupid stuff. And, and then she realized I would give up everything just to see her every day. So, so he's a so he's a soft ass. Yep. <laughs> okay. So that's been good. Right? Yep. It's positive. Any other like big positive things that have come from this? I would say a big positive thing that came from this. Or even a little positive. I don't care. It can be little. I would say a big thing is we found out that we have, well, I found out that I have more people than I know who care about me and love me and who would take their time just to help out me and my family, which was really awesome and whereas before you maybe thought you were kind of alone in the world yeah okay that's good how about you josh it's it's brought me closer to a lot of people like um so i work with one girl and she lost her brother to brain cancer which is completely different yet she's kind of gone through that oh crap period to where it's like everything's on a standstill. You just live day to day, find one positive thing to get up in the morning. Um, make sure you let that person know how special they are every day because you don't know what they're going through and what they're dealing with or how much they really need you. Cause they're not being a teenage girl. She's not going to come and tell me what she wants or needs. I have to. Well, she's female. She expects you to read her mind. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's be fair. So, right. So I just, I do whatever I can to let her know that I would drop everything. I left work. I've do whatever it takes. Haven't called in in four years and I've taken more time off this last year than I ever have. As you should. So, and they're, they're and they're they've been good. 
your employer has been good. Oh with, yeah. But. Yeah. Um, the guy that's over the entire shop has um, told me I can do whatever I need to. And it won't go against me. And he's had me in tears more times at work. I hate crying and I hate crying at work. And like I, everybody knows at work, I'm the loud bust your butt every day, all day long. I don't cry. I don't show emotion. I'm just loud. I get my job done. Now everybody knows that was fake. That <laughs> <laughs> wasn't fake. It was just, yeah, they just see, yeah, they see that you're, hey, he's real. Yeah. He has emotions and. <clears throat> yeah. And they know that because they know that they would be doing the same thing in the same, you know, similar situation, mm-hmm. you know. So it's been a complete 180 from what I wanted to portray to what is really there. Right. So you've been outed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good. I've had, I've had more people come up and tell me, well, that's crazy that you cry. It's, it's really weird to see you cry at work. (laughs) There's no crying in the factory. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I, everybody knows I, work and I just don't stop and to actually see me stop and then everybody knows how important my daughters are to me now like before they heard about them they always heard about my daughters but now it's just solid they know that is the only reason I do what I do they're probably like dude stop talking so much about your daughters Jesus annoying now (laughs) yeah that's a good problem yeah Okay, well, I'll ask you the same thing I asked Chasey. Looking back, would you undo all of this to have quote unquote normalcy that you had before? So I think I go along with Chasey. So when she came to live with me, I knew going into it, it was going to be a struggle because I had never had like custody over my daughters. I'd see them on the weekends. And And you you and your ex-wife have been divorced how long? 11 years now. Oh, so yeah, so most of your life then. Yeah. So I knew it was going to be a challenge, knew that it was going to kind of cut my Disneyland dad time instead of just doing the weekends. Just spoil them every weekend that I get them. Oh, you had to actually work at it. Yeah, now I actually had to do the <laughs> math homework and ride her butt to get the math homework done and get the schoolwork done. Butt riding 101. That's that's what parents do. Yeah. You like that class? No. No. <laughs> so when she moved down here, I knew it was going to be a challenge. She got down here first month she was down here I had taken her phone away 28 of the 31 days because of different stuff that she was doing on her phone and not doing at home or helping out or doing stuff and this was post cancer or this is pre oh pre so so you Casey how long have you been living with your dad full time then uh, I don't live with him full time oh, anymore. You don't? Okay. Just because no. we had a little bit of problems, and my mom decided it was best that I lived with her again. Okay. 
Okay, so you're back and forth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. When she finally got sick, they she had quit her job and stayed home with Chasey to be able to take because she couldn't be left alone due to the cancer and everything. So she quit her job to be home with Chasey. So and that's working out okay. Yeah, but she's back at work now, so she's not at home really that much. Because she works all day and then she comes home and has to cook dinner and get a few other things done. But she comes home and asks, asks how I'm feeling and if if she needs to do anything to make me feel better. But, yeah. And you have a sister. Yeah. And she's how old? She's 14. Okay. Does she go with you when you go back and forth to mom? Yeah. You guys go together? It's a package deal? Yep. Okay. Yep, I got two pain in the butts. Or partners in in crime. Okay. They're inseparable, and that's even good and bad at times. Yeah. Why, because they gang up on you? No, they they get tired of being around each other, but the little sister has done more for Chasey than anybody, I think. Yeah. And how is you know that relationship between you and your sister? How has that changed since you had this? Before, me and her never got along, and it just seemed like we would never be friends. And then after I got diagnosed, we still have our bad days, but we seem to find we'll find a, a love for something, and then we can sit down and talk about it, or we can go. If it's an activity, we can go and do it together, and we just have so much fun just laughing together. Okay. Someone else that might be struggling with maybe not cancer, could be cancer, maybe something else, something big that that just may devastate their world. What kind of like counsel or advice would you have for someone that's gone through what you've gone through? Maybe they could take some of some of the things you've experienced and help them deal with their situation? I think my main point of advice that I could give to really anybody in my situation or not that just because you're in the dark right now doesn't mean you're going to be in the dark forever. And there's always going to be a good outcome for what you're in. Just because you decide to or I mean, what? How how will there be a better outcome if someone gets a horrible diagnosis? How is that outcome going to be better for them? I think the outcome is going to be better for them just because there are going to be people who are going to reach out to help. And there's going to be other people with like doctors and stuff who are going to reach out and help you find people who you can talk to if you're ever down or if. You just need someone to, like, let all your emotions out to. They'll help you find somebody that may have a similar diagnosis or maybe has somebody in their family who has a similar diagnosis so you don't feel like they don't understand. My guess is that you've inspired tons and tons of people who aren't sick to appreciate their lives better. Is that a fair statement, you think? Or do you know, or do you have like a fan club? Um, she's got, she's got girls that 
like when she actually does make it to church, that they're excited to see her up and moving and excited that she's still around. Or um, we actually just had a neighbor diagnosed with, well, they know a girl that was diagnosed with leukemia and she's struggling with this, thinking that she's done. It's over. It's over. Why does it have to happen to me? Same thing you went through. Yeah. They've actually reached out to Chasey and got her phone number so they can talk to each other and kind of it. I think one of the biggest things with this is like you said, I'm alone. Like nobody else knows what I'm going through. They have to deal with it themselves. They, nobody else knows how they feel. So when they talked to me and asked if it would be okay if Chasey talked to her, I said, that would be great. Chasey needs that too because she still deals with that. It's, I'm alone. Nobody knows really. So this girl is going to be calling and they're going to try and get a friendship going or at least just talk. Like when Chasey feels depressed or this girl feels depressed, it's like, okay, I can reach out. She knows what I've dealt with or dealing with or I'm going to deal with. And I think that is beneficial in your life is just have that somebody. You're a cancer coach. Yeah. For, to put a cool label on it. But yeah, because you're, no matter, you know, we've, we hear it all the time, but you know, even when you're at your worst, you can still help somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. At least because you've been there. Yeah. You know, it's not always going to be dark at five or whatever they say, you know, that phrase is. Yeah. So, okay, good. That's awesome. I've always told her, if you can wake up, find one positive thing, even if it's, I woke up today, find one positive thing. Because you can walk out the front door every morning, look out the front door, and find ten things that are wrong with the world. If you can find that one positive thing every morning. It's your perception. Because the days are the same. Every day is the same. Yep. That one thing could carry you all day long into the next and find another positive thing that will carry you to the next. Yeah. Or just knowing that there's someone else here that that might listen to this and and uh, be inspired by it. Yeah. I'm sure there's tons that you'll never hear from, but it's cool to get the, you know, the one that says, thank you so much, you saved me. You know, because I thought I was going to lose it. You know, yeah, so. she's, she's gone from my, so I always joke with the people I work with. I was going to put her in a nunnery. And leave her there, away from boys and the world, and just let them have her. This happened, and she has done a 180. She's got her, like, she went and got her temple recommend. Um, She just, she actually wants to participate and tries to find the positive that I've asked her to find. Um, She's still paying the butt. That's just your character, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's normal. That's good. Though. Keep being that. He needs that. It's yeah. hard because, like I said, she's got that teen illness where you can't. She's got that Sunday sickness. It's 
kind of irritates me once in a while because I can't collar on stuff now. Quote unquote sick. I'm sick. Yeah, so I can't collar out on it. But because she might be telling the truth. Yeah. Okay. I'm still a dad. I'm still gonna get after yeah. her, but Okay. But she's done so much better. I'm so proud of who she's become because of this. I just heard a quote the other day that's not what you achieve, but what you become that kind of dictates your happiness. And I totally believe that. Yeah. Because you can achieve things and get things or get stuff or find success. But if you don't become a better person, then it's sort of moot, I guess. Moot point. Okay. Any, any final parting thoughts? Do you, well, do you, uh, do you have like a, do people reach out to you through like a, through social media or something? Or do you have like a, you know, to, to help others that are going through this or? I do use my Instagram for anybody who needs the help or anybody to talk to. And I feel like if anybody does need someone to talk to, the best way to get a hold of me is through my Instagram. Okay. Just because it is what it's for. Basically. I'll put that in the in the show notes at the end, so people, if you wanted to reach you, and all right. Say, hey, yay, you've helped me out. Just no boys, except for <laughs> boys. Boys, you heard that you're not allowed to contact her under any circumstances until she's 37. <laughs> so just let that be a note to you. Josh, any any final thoughts? Um, from, a, from a dad. Yeah, dad going through the same thing. Repeat myself. Look for a positive every day. Trust in trust in yourself that you're strong enough to do it. That's one thing. I, she never believed in herself. She believes in herself more now that she's seen what she can handle. And it's it's broke her down to nothing. And she survived. She's come out a lot stronger. So it it kind of peeled back the crusty layers to reveal who you really were. Yeah. That's awesome. That's very, very cool. Okay, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to the Parish to Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us.